American Coney Island. So good, even Al Roker from the Today Show eats here. Not like that other guy, Al Joker, who eats at Lafayette. So make sure you're a Roker and not a Joker. American Coney Island. Just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. No, don't turn that off. Share, share, share. Because we got news, news, news this episode. I want to call it. We told you so. We told you so. We told you so. Attorney General Dana Nessa fucks up Flint. No justice. No piece of the American pie. And. Everybody look up. There's Dan Gilbert Skyscraper. Wait, not Where? that high. Where? A little bit lower. About, about the level of a liquor store. He coming He coming around trying to mooch money off the poorest people in America. I can't believe it. We have the Honorable Coleman A. Young II with us from the Detroit City Council to give us his view on that. And as we told you before, Chief of Police James Craig. His campaign was doomed from the beginning. Why? Because there was a weasel in his wallet. We told him there was a weasel. He's joining us. He's laughing right Look now. Look at that man. He's laughing hardcore right now. Well, he knows it's true because this is the new bullshit news hour. Oh, my God. Okay, breaking news. Oh, wow. Breaking news quickly, already. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> In the nursing home debacle, last week we told you that the people, the elderly living in the assisted facility, assisted living facilities, yes. were never counted. They never kept track of yes. two-thirds of the entire elderly population. There will be investigative hearings by the House Oversight Committee here in Lansing, Michigan. Oh, yes, good. So big someone fucking deal. So someone's going to investigate it. Yeah, we got to, man. We went side. Oh, okay. But that's what you get here. Good afternoon, Karen. Good afternoon, Charlie. Look what we did. We're going to get some, at least, at least some notice and an idea of what went on with our elders. Well, finally, that's, that, that's a good thing. I mean, because you have people who have loved ones in those facilities that really deserve to know. And by the way, they're still in there. Hmm. At COVID, like the spike's going to be back in September that the state's not telling you. And what are we doing for them? Christ. Uh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Oh, breaking that news. To, that seems to be the attitude. Breaking news. The Detroit Public School District has announced the mask mandate is over. Oh. It's over. Two days after school's out for the summer. <laughs> All right. What the fuck are we living in? Well, no summer school then. All right, before we get to Flint, you got to stay with us. We went to Flint, and we're going to track down the people that brought you Flint. But first, I want to remind you, 
David Hall Mortgage. I went to the bank to get something notarized. I'm looking up at the bank telling me what they're going to give me for a mortgage. It took me 45 fucking minutes just to get a notary. Oh, what happens if you get that house you want? And you got to wait around 45 minutes for a fucking notary? No way. I'm you call David yeah. Hall. That's why they got five-star reviews. Call 866-CALL-HALL or callhallfirst.com. Get busy on your American dream. How was that? I love it. Oh. I tell you what else about the American dream. You earn your money. You save your money. When you get your money, your money better be there and it better be worth something. And it's not that way anymore. So what do you do? Call a guy that knows money, investment, savings, Retirement. All of it. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. 248-663-4748. What up, Doe Luke? I'm thinking gold, man. I'm thinking gold. They ain't going to let Putin move any more gold. And we're going to be gold scarcity. Hopefully gold's going to go like gas. <laughs> Sit at home. Gold is, gold is expensive. It is. So is gas. Is so, is premium, so is premium gas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You keep that going. Oh, we got also, finally, we got big, big demolition news in Detroit. We'll bring that to you later. You want to know who used to monitor the demolition? I it was going to. well in Detroit. It was Barry Ellentuck at ADR so, uh, Associates. Mm -hmm. No, consultants, sorry. Sorry, Barry. ADR consultants. That's who used to do it. That's when it was good. That's when shit got done right on time and on budget. And guess what? When you open your mouth, you know how it is. Especially in Michigan, Wayne County, Detroit, man, this shit is so corrupt. So yeah. if you want the shit done right, ethically and honestly, for all your municipal needs, you call Barry Allen Tuck for a free consultation at 248-318-9424. Thanks for the work you do, sir. Now, right to it. Karen Flint, the Supreme Court ruled 6-0 unanimously that Dana Nessel, and ran the judicial process by getting a judge in secret to look at evidence that nobody else got to see and then indict seven, was it seven or eight? Doesn't matter because none of them are indicted anymore. You, one judge wrote in the, in the Flint water debacle, right? This varying stuff like uh, involuntary manslaughter and, and, and on down to like, uh, uh, would Snyder get? He got that jaywalking Yeah, a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Doesn't even matter because it's gone. So one judge called it a shortcut around the judicial process, prosecutorial process, and another one called it the Star Chamber. It's some <laughs> shit from, you know, the, the Middle Ages yeah, yeah. where they do shit in secret and they're the judge, the jury, and the executioner. So long story short, Karen, when 2014, eight years wow. later, the Supreme Court just told Nessel, Take it back down to the uh, lower court. Take it back. Basically, it's going to be tossed. And nobody's going to pay a dollar and nobody's going to do a day in jail. And the people in Flint still don't have clean water or any type of closure to the massacre. Because that, to me, that's what it has been. Because it's going to have generational and long-term effects um, that they've had to endure. Now, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's important to say this is show number 195. We'll do something special for show number 200. But show one was Flint, and it was the special prosecutor, Todd Flood, who was in panel to investigate it under Republican Bill Schuette. 
Now, candidate Nestle at the time was calling it a kangaroo investigation, politically motivated. It was bumbled, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was building up and up and up. And they had charged 15 people with various things like involuntary manslaughter. So Nestle, making it a political show, says, as a candidate, I'm getting rid of it. I'm firing them. And we're going to start over. What a joke. What a joke. Look what I got her, too. Because that thing was building, and who's going to join us later is Todd Flood by telephone. He's coming mm -hmm. out to talk. Good. But my thing is this. There's involuntary manslaughter for all the health executives that kept their mouth shut. But there was also going to be a racketeering, a RICO case, on the assholes that put this thing together. This was a $300 million deal for a little town that couldn't borrow any money. The financial guys. Yep. Yeah. Where are they today? So, mm. <laughs> Zach... Junior over here, Byron, the head of photography, and I decided, let's take a trip to Flint and see if we can find out what all the money men are doing these days. We got that? Yeah, here we go. Let it roll. Now, before we update you on the pathetic end to the mass poisoning of Flint, a little background. Flint was broke. It was taken over by an emergency manager. They couldn't even borrow. But the geniuses in this town figured something out. Detroit charges us too much for water. If we build our own water plant, we can charge the same amount and keep the difference. That's a lot of contracts. That's a lot of contributions. That's a lot of steak dinners with nice Chianti. But how can Flint borrow when it's broke? They created an emergency, and then they had to start paying on their borrowing immediately when the new water plant wasn't even fixed. So what'd they do? they started drinking out of the sewer known as the Flint River. Now what you find in the Flint River are car batteries and corpses. And then what'd they do? They shipped it over there to the water treatment plant. Little problem, water treatment plant's so old it can't treat water. So they started shipping the people garbage, swill, not fit for a pig. Tens of thousands were poisoned, Hundreds died, and here we are. No justice. And now for our story. I couldn't understand why Kim Worthy, Hamad, and Nesselnim came in and dismissed those charges. I was suspicious then, and I'm suspicious now. Political motivations. Gretchen Whitmer trying to get elected at the time. Snyder endorsing Whitmer. Uh, Mezzeron and all the big shots behind the scenes and Flint residents in my opinion was used as a pawn, high profile case, water crisis. I had a lot to do with the strategy to declare the emergency and we had did all that hard work. Then them numbskulls who hadn't been in the fight, Gretchen Whitman, Neely and others, then almost said messed it up. Nobody did a day in jail. Not one dollar got returned. There's a bunch of big shots out there. Where would I find these big shots today? What do you think they're doing? Um, Neely probably scrambling somewhere in his office. He's in calling there? Calling back and The mayor's forth. in there? I see his Cause, car. Because the mayor was a city councilman and he pushed for it. He pushed to use the Flint River water. He gave tours. He, he was pushing <laughs> in the plant to use it. And now, media, nobody is saying anything about that. Well, that's funny. 
You a media. That's right. So you have Let's go. Body. Let's go find the mayor. Let's go find him. Let's go find him. Hey, bottled water. Hmm. Hmm. Don't use. Don't use. Flint 2022. Don't drink the water. Okay. Oh. Hi, is the mayor in? He's not? No. Can you have him give me a call? Can I leave my number? He knows me. Okay. Is he having lunch? I'm not sure. I know he was in a meeting. But not here. In a meeting someplace else. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, I just pulled in. I seen that he was here. So I'm always highly suspicious of certain politicians telling the truth and having their staff tell the truth and folks lying and telling half-truth. I know this one. He will trick you, lie to the community. So the mayor's tax-funded car is here. Look at the plate. The mayor's not here, but his car is. Hello, this is Charlie. I'm very well. Hi, um, so I have the mayor on the line and he was wondering what it was you would like to speak with him about. Oh, uh, I, I would like to... I would like to speak to the mayor about the, uh, about the water, about the... About the water? Yeah. Okay. Are you Channel 4? I'm sorry? Are, are you from Channel 4, he said? No, this is Charlie Ledoff from the No Bullshit News Hour. You know, bigger than Channel 4. That's a strange turn of events. Within seconds, he magically appears. <laughs> From somewhere deep inside this phone. Okay, thank you very much. You can poison 100,000 people and get away with it if you're a rich white person or, you know, a government official. Well, the mayor's black. Yeah, but he's not being charged. No, but he also vo he, he voted for it. Yeah, he sure did. And he uh, put up videos, which have now been taken down, about supporting drinking from the Flint River. Oh, we can't find those. They're gone, huh? Yeah, those oh. are taken down. Did you approve of the job that the former administration was doing? I approve of Todd Flood and his team because they spent three years, one, coming to Flint, getting to know the people, gathering our evidence that we had collected. He respected the evidence we had collected and used it to file proper charges in the proper courts under the proper precedent and he didn't trample over anybody's constitutional rights. So they stuck. The indictment stuck. And the cases were moving forward to trial for manslaughter, which is a pretty big deal. If Dana Nessel, the attorney general, and her, you know, solicitor general, had Dana Nessel wanted to get these charges to stick, one, she would have stuck with the original team. She would have brought them in to teach her brand new team all about what's going on, what they had learned for three years, and the su successes that they had had moving forward. But instead, she scrapped it all, all the expertise, tossed it out, didn't talk to Flint residents, didn't let us know anything, and then moved forward with much weaker cases. And also appointing, you know, a solicitor general who has never, and I repeat, never, had uh, spearheaded a criminal case through trial. So why would you do that? What do you want to tell Nessa? Why? Why did you fail us? And don't say it's an accident, don't say it's a whoopsie, and don't keep saying that justice delayed is justice denied. It's not delayed, it's just done. It's justice went to the garbage can where you threw it three years ago. Well, now we're gonna go try and see Jeff Wright, the Genesee County Drain Commissioner. 
the man that put the whole Karagandi Water Authority together. Lots of money, lots of contracts, lots of bonds, lots of campaign contributions, and lots of pain. I heard he doesn't like me. How you doing? Uh, Jeff Wright, please. Uh, he is not here at the moment. I'm Kevin Sylvester, I'm the communications director. Kevin, his car's out there. Who is? Jeff's. That's not his vehicle? No, out there, over there. Okay, can you come out or you? I, I, I can't leave here. Okay, um... If I can ask what's regarding? Uh, you know, the water, the charges, the Supreme Court throwing out the charges, you know, no, must be a good day here. Uh, that has nothing to do with our office. No, it's Karagandi Water Authority. It's Chef Ray. It's a drink. He put the whole thing in motion, man. Now, come on, it's me, dude. Okay. So he's not here? I'm not aware of him being here now. Check his office? I, I will after just to make sure, but I, I don't believe he's here. Check his office for me, please. Before I leave. <laughs> okay. If you if you'll uh, go ahead and uh, contact me, we can try to assess something. That's Thank all you. I can do here now. Thank you very much. Right. Okay. Take it easy. Let's try it. Kurtz's house, the former emergency manager who signed the order to drink pig swill. The emergency manager, you know, they took over control of Flint. The Governor Snyder appointed him, and he's the one that signed it. Drink from the river. See how Ed's doing, how he's feeling today. It's Charlie again. I'm not here to bust balls today. We're here to congratulate you for getting away with it. Poisoning tens of thousands of people. And making money while doing it. Only in America. See if, oh, he's still got the fountain. <laughs> Good old Detroit water. <laughs> well, at Ed Kurtz's house from Flint Township, far away from Flint, <laughs> where the man got away with it, Charlie Laduff, along with Zach and Byron, no bullshit news. It was vintage Charlie. <laughs> man, yeah. good point. They got away with it. Let me let me welcome in here. Have we got Todd on the phone? We should be. Todd, you there? I'm here, bro. I'm hey, here. How are you? I'm real good, man. Thanks for joining. This is Todd Flood, the former special prosecutor under uh, former Attorney General Bill Schuette, who put three arduous years into this, along with Annie Arena, the former head of the Detroit Bureau of the FBI. You guys were knocking it out. Uh, Nessel comes in. And flushes it all away. Todd, let me ask it this way. Nestle said your case sucked and couldn't be won. And that's why she had to flush it and bring it all back. Do you agree with that? Where would we be today? No, I don't agree with that. But what do you expect her to say? It's, you know, politics in the courtroom. That's where it doesn't belong. It, you know, I'm not going to throw cast stones. It's just not who I am. But no, we were winning. You know that as well as I do. We had, just in the Nick Line exam, I just happened to look, we had over 91 exhibits. We had um, multiple pleas that people testified against uh, Nick. One of the judges said, we proved our case at the preliminary exam beyond a reasonable doubt. We did it with transparency. We did it with in the open courtroom. So you could see it, Charlie. You're, 
You know, you're one of those investigators in our country that people aspire to be, but you were there. You saw it. It didn't take rocket science to figure out how we connected the dots. That's what we did. And, um, you know, I, and you, you and I have spoken before, so it's not a secret, but that, you know, this is hard for me. This is it. This is, uh, this is an emotional case for me. Um, I have lifelong friends there and, um, you know, I don't care about, I don't care about anything other than getting a modicum of justice for them and, um, you know, health for them. And I just don't know how to process all of this because the case is to the wayside right now and, you know, good, bad, and different. We have to put our hope faith into Fadwa and to Kim and have them come up with a way that they can continue the torch because I don't care what the money is. You and I didn't lose a child, you know, those people there did. And, um, some of the children that are alive up there, not all of them, but I mean, several, you know, are having battles, struggles to this day with comprehension and cognition. Um, you know, that's, that's not our child, but really is our child. Right. Well, well, so let me ask you this, man. Were, yeah, go you, ahead. were you pursuing involuntary manslaughter charges against Governor Rick Snyder? It's inappropriate for me to get there because what happens if they go there? So I've got a contract and I said that I can't get into what charges I have. But Charlie, you read you you, you were at the final uh, closing argument for Nick Lyon. You, you saw where we were going. I mean, there was a multi-level investigation. There was the financial crimes investigation. There was the felony uh, as far as other cases, the fraud cases, and then there were the people crimes, what I call the crimes for, you know, uh, where there is injury that was caused to a, to a human. Um, and we had two, two teams, actually three teams, because we filed civil lawsuits uh, that ultimately were dropped, but we filed civil lawsuits against the corporations for forfeiture you know, uh, prospects and we filed, uh, our criminal aspects, uh, as far as the victim crimes go. And then we were working also in tandem uh, on the fraud cases. One of the guys you, you, you may remember, I think I might've introduced him to you or you, you knew him ahead of time was Keith Corbin. I mean, Keith Corbin from the United States attorney's office. Um, while he was there, he brought down some of the biggest, money crimes and, you know, corruption cases in our country, right, was on our team. So we had a, we had a, you know, a top-notch team. Uh, We were organized, we were systematic, and we were going at it. Were you pursuing racketeering cases, a big organized crime sweep? Well, not going to take a rocket science to figure out from your question and based on my answers what the heck we were going at all you have to do is look at the information when we charged the emergency managers right and the golden handcuffs remember the golden handcuffs were was what the fact that there was 125 million dollars attached to switching the pipeline back to detroit they couldn't do it because the administrative consent order Right? right, they would have had to pay back the 125. The boogeyman came to say, "Hey, listen, you guys need to pony up, Flint." And then the state DEQ said, "Okay, we'll let this happen, but you know what? You got to do unheard of. You have to switch the 
for you to be able to borrow $125 million, you all have to use the Flint water treatment plant, right? And the ACO was to fix what? A $500,000 problem. That was the lime sludge lagoon. But at the time, they weren't even using lime. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho, that, that, that you see that, right, Charlie? You, you were on it. I mean, you were the, one of the first investigative reporters. I'm not just saying this to say this, but I remember when you were up on the river trying to find these corporations that came sweeping into town when other reporters were still sleeping at the switch. So at the end of the day, you saw the case. You saw where we were going. And I, I stand by our team. I stand by the work. But again, it's not about me. It's this, this case is not about you and I. This case is about those folks in Flint that need some love, justice, and for God's sake, they need to have new pipes put in all the way through Flint so they get healthy water today. So let me translate that, Todd. Here's what you're hearing, folks. Uh Yes, uh -huh. the investigation was going up to involuntary manslaughter on the governor's behalf. Yes, there was an organized crime racketeering case, which we never heard of once you got broomed. And finally, what a ton of horseshit, Madam Nessel. Because I knew this case before you saw one page. What do you mean there was nothing to prove? Todd Flood, Andy Arena, the whole crew had 15 people charged. You came back with half that number with the same or lesser charges. Give me a fucking break. There's no justice. And it's too late, Todd, because this, this attorney general didn't introduce a taint team, which is basically a third party when they're gathering documents to make sure there aren't privileged between the client and the attorney. So if they're going to refile these charges, they're going to have to take two years and $40 million by their own word just to bring evidence to a preliminary examination. It's over. Is it over, Todd? I see an on-ramp. I see an on-ramp to ray it, of light. Charlie. I got some creative thoughts about how to do it. Um, Nobody wants to talk to you, Todd. You're fired. Yeah, I know. But at the end of the day... Um, I, I, I'm going to uh, share my thoughts with Fadwa and Kim. Um, oh, now they want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, regardless if they do or they don't, um, I'm going to send them anyway. But at the end of the day, the, the key here is, is um, what I said in the very beginning, the advice I received in the very, very beginning was blood. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So, um, that, that was my mantra all the way through, uh, all the way through was to do everything right by the book. We worked with the federal government. We worked with the House of Congress of the United States. We worked with the FBI, um, you know, so in the U.S. Attorney's Office here. And that was the mantra. Do it and do it right. My man. Okay, I, I promise that you, any, any you want to ask him anything, Karen, or you just find. Yeah, I just I'd like to Todd. This is Karen Dumas. Just like what would have to happen for this to be reinstated? I mean, I, I know you just kind of gave a thumbnail, but what are the the trigger points that would have to occur in order for this to be brought back to a point where the people could possibly realize some degree of justice? All right. So uh, the the key here is is the Michigan Supreme Court said. Um, you, you have to have in a for the preliminary, uh, for the defendant's preliminary exam. That's what we did. So you first have to afford them a preliminary exam. Then from there, 
you have to, um, Charlie brings up the point about the paint, right? So the paint issue is that uh, it's the Oliver North case. When Oliver North was testifying in front of Congress on the Iran-Contra affair, he was giving compelled testimony, and that compelled testimony is taint, right? U.S. Attorney's Office could not use that material in their prosecution of that. So the U.S. Attorney forced all of his uh, agents and U- assistant U.S. Attorneys in the Watergate Hotel to stay there and be sequestered. Here in this particular case, what you would have to do is you would have to be able to show what was privileged. Then from there, uh, that was exposed. And if it's relevant to the case, then you have to prove by um, a, a clear and convincing evidence, a standard that's used, that it's not being used to prosecute the case. If it is, then you have to uh, bring in somebody that is not exposed to that taint and have them prosecute the case um, from the preliminary exam standpoint. So so let me say this. Does this sound like a, a dope? Does this sound like a guy that bumbled the all. case? No, of course not. Are you are you fucking kidding? Now I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move on to. I'm going to give you the last word after I say this. Those of you in this media hole, the ones that call these politicians your friends, the ones you drink wine with, shame on you. That's why you don't drink with them. You must, like Todd's talking about, the wall. There must be a wall between who you cover and the people you cover them for. If you're going to drink with somebody, drink with the public, not the public official. Todd, man, you did God's work. I hope they listen to you this time around. Charlie, you you do God's work. Keep it up and, um, you know, keep the fight up. I'm sorry sorry for yelling at you this morning. I'm used to it by now, Charlie. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. I think you can handle that. What a mess. That doesn't make any sense, though, Charlie. I mean, for I mean, it just it it just sounds crazy to have invest invested that kind of time, that type of money, um, into. I mean, you know, he, Andy, and I know some of the people that were on that team. That was a crackerjack team. There's no reason to dismiss all the work that was done. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I'll tell you what. Some of these emergency managers were cooperating. And then candidate Nestle shows up and says, I'm going to throw it all away. Right then, it was zippered and they stopped cooperating. So way back in the day, did candidate Nestle obstruct justice? Hmm. That's an interesting, that's really yeah, interesting. That's interesting. Now you want to be reelected. Let me remind you some other, This you're the worst attorney general I've ever seen. I know you're listening. Let me see. Flint, <laughs> the refusal to look into nursing homes. Luann Simon, the president of Michigan State University that you said knew about the Larry Nasser case. That went to court. The judge a liberal Democrat called it a sham investigation. There was no evidence. You brought it just to lift your profile. What about the USA gymnastics coach that was charged with human trafficking of these young athletes? You let him turn himself in, but before he got there, he blew his brains out at a rest stop. My God, what else I got on here? I just, I just wrote it this morning. What about the governor and her emergency powers that you fought for the Constitution of Michigan to be suborned and that Whitmer would have dictatorial powers? You lost that one. Line five, 
the easement, that 60-year-old easement, you, we don't honor anymore. You lost that one. Duggan in his emails. Duggan, his girlfriend, swinging city money. They delete them all. You say they weren't deleted because we recovered them. They were deleted. You let him walk. What about the Midland Dam? You sued so water wouldn't be released when you got word that there was pressure on the dam. That's your record. What, what can she possibly hang her hat on? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, she might not have to. In the beginning, had to get a whiff of this Republican dude. Sure, but she's going to... Being, who's being accused by former clients as a lawyer yeah, of his, fraud. His own, yeah, his own firm. He, yeah. might, he might lose his license. But that's, but that's where people find themselves between literally a bad decision and an even worse decision. I mean, in terms of choices, and and where does that leave? Where does that leave the public? Yeah. Well, you heard how how low flood was when we went to Flint, right, uh, Zach? People are down, man. Where does it leave us with our pants around our ankles? And water that smells like eggs. Oh God. Yeah. Okay, I'll give Eric Mays the uh, the last word here. It's a lot of bullshit going on down here. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, uh, Mr. Wright, Mr. Drankman, we'll be back. Good. Y y everybody everybody knows what we do. Oh, we'll be back. And you're going to say something with your mouth. Now, let's move to something near and dear. Is, <laughs> is uh, the councilman with us? He was up there. He popped up. He's still here. Popped off. He's there somewhere. There, there he, he is. is. Unmute yourself, Mr. Council Detroit City Councilman Coleman A. Young II. How are you, my brother? I'm good, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, oh, no doubt, man. Thanks for doing the people's work. Okay, look, the skyscraper, Dan Gilbert, the Hudson's Project. He's he trying to scrape up $60 million more million from one of the poorest cities in America, and you're for it. Tell us why. Well, I want to characterize it like that, and I, and I reject that characterization. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, sec secondly, uh, let me just say, here's the thing. So we're talking about 7,500 union jobs here. We're talking about 3,500 Detroiters that are working there currently. Now, if this does not go through, we'll be out of a job. And so I think that it's important for us to really understand the consequences of what's happening here. And the reason why I support things like this is not it's not because of Dan Gilbert, it's not because of municipal tax policy or finance. It's because you're giving people an opportunity to be able to work. You're giving people opportunity to be able to get good, high paying jobs, to be able to feed themselves and their families. Something that would not have happened without this project. And without this project, those folks are gonna be laid off. That's just a fact. You're talking about you're, ta you're talking about working mothers. You're talking about single families. You're talking about brothers, our sisters, our aunts who are working on this job, who went, who moved heaven and earth to get these. And remember, there was a time when black folks could get in the union at all. So okay. a lot of folks died for the right for them to have this opportunity. Wait a minute, Coleman, are you talking about people working on the project, the development yeah. project? Are you talking about? Yeah, like there's 7,500 7, workers on the site now. There is now. 
And I'm only asking because, I mean, I'm only asking because Charlie's been down there several times. Channel 7 did a story, did a drone. Like, there doesn't seem to be that many people working on the project that that, that just does. I'm just asking. Well, 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 wait a minute. I mean, I I, I don't, I don't, nothing with the Channel 7 story, but I don't think that we should risk or play Russia roulette with 7,500 lives based on a windshield survey. Well, what we're trying to lock down is just down it, and one time. So I don't know what, well, 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 what, what, what we're trying. What we're trying to lock down is if that seventy five hundred numbers even real. So, for instance, well, everyone said that. Well, everyone said it. Well, Dan Gilbert said that, and everybody else repeats it. But I'm not buying Dan Gilbert, though. That's, that's not true. It's not true what you're saying. It's not true. Well, it is let's true. Say, that's where they get no, their not, numbers. No, where do you think they get their numbers that? from? Did they get it from Dan that? Gilbert. The, car, the, the Carpenter Mill rights is not Dan Gilbert. The Carpenter Mill rights is said that that's the union. Dude, there's they 11 said, floors on. Okay, the, okay, the, okay, the, wait, the, put, the, stop, oh, stop. Wait, the no. The rights inclusionary office that regulates mm-hmm. this on a basis to follow the executive mm-hmm. order mm-hmm. of 2016 1 mm-hmm. said that. Okay. So everyone who's involved okay. in this is wrong. Every, except you. Okay, okay, it's great. So here's what we say let's do this one. If you don't give him $60 million, in tax breaks, sixty million more. Six, he got sixty million, million more. If you, if you don't give it to him, right. is this project dead? Well, they said it's not doable. Okay, time out right there. It's not doable. If the city doesn't give Dan Gilbert sixty million, <laughs> this one point four billion dollar skyscraper is dead. That stinks to me right there. Question number two: Have you seen a blueprint? A you know a, a real blueprint of what actually is going to get built, or are they just asking? Have you seen a blueprint? I am not. I am not seeing the actual blueprint. I see. I see rendering. Should see should, not a rendering. Yes. Blueprints, permits. No. Uh, so, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey, bro. Wait. I covered development in L.A., Phoenix, Vegas, New York. That's how it works in the real world. Every single analysis that has broken this down has shown you that there are seventy five hundred workers at this site. We we move past every, that. Every analysis, where's every the blueprints? Exactly. Every analysis is showing. You that. But where's the now, blueprints? If you if you don't want to if you want to convince yourself that water isn't wet and fire isn't hot and Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you can do that, and that's your business. Okay, cool. Listen, facts, listen. I want to, but I want to repeat that these people are working these jobs. Okay, l- okay, cool. I want to repeat what you said. One. You haven't seen blueprints. And two, if we don't give him 60 piddling million dollars, this thing's over. That's the breaking news, right? There are no blueprints that the, the city council's seen. And that doesn't mean there's no blueprints, though. Okay, so ask I, for them. And, and BC issues construction permits. Yeah, but I mean, this, so. This is all so, this process. Do we respect and, and, you? If, 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 this, can you ask thing. for us to see that stuff? Well, I can I can ask you I can ask for that. That's that's no problem. But I'd let appreciate me, let me, it. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me I think we're kind of getting away from seventy five hundred jobs. Yes. The the, the well, no, it's not just hundred. It's not hundred jobs. It's seventy five hundred jobs. One thirty five hundred. Seventy five hundred jobs. Two. Well, that's well, well, look. That's based on every analysis. <laughs> I, I, okay. Listen. I there am is, listening. There's been a billion dollars that's been spent. On Has there? Wait a minute. It's 11 floors tall. What do you mean a billion? Where's the billion? 
this has been an analysis that's already been done. The, the analysis. policy divisions. The analysis. So if we just <laughs> get 60 million plus another 400 million, the other 90% oh, of the skyscrapers going to show up? A billion, it's, no, it's a billion dollars of his own money that's been invested. One. He's using this $60 million to secure the $400 million in loans he needs to finish the project. Okay, but he was supposed about, to have the loans back when we gave him the ship well, for $1 in the first place. He said he that was part of the law. But now we find out there's no financing. That's air rights, though. That's not the, the air rights project. The dollar is for air rights. It's not the project. The air rights. One. But no, the dollar was for the whole two-block footprint. That was in 2007. No, it was not. It was for It was. That's, that's well, not, okay, what did What did Dan sir, get the well, How much did Dan get the land for? Exactly. One dollar. He did not get no that's the air rights above that. Okay, then what did he get the land for? Nothing. He spent a billion dollars of his own money. He spent a billion project, dollars. Sir. And sir, I only need 400 million more to actually build <laughs> it. Wait a minute. You you sir, said that's not true. <laughs> you just saying stuff right now. Respectfully. Go ahead, Karen. I don't even know. Never mind. <laughs> no, because I mean, at first you said he that that he's invested a billion dollars already, yeah. and then you said, said that a couple times. He, yeah, Lord. and then you, and then you. I'm sorry. Of his own money. One his billion own money. of his own money. But if he's already I guess need sixty of yours, dollars, he already has two hundred million dollars in tax breaks. Then, then sixty million almost becomes irrelevant. But I heard his spokesperson say the other day that if he did not get the sixty million, they were going to reevaluate their relationship. Well, hold on, with the city of Detroit, which sounded like a threat to me. Sure did. Oh, 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 oh. you can take it as that. I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but you could, de- you could definitely take it as that. Oh no, I, I'm not saying that's not happening at all. But let me, but let me say this. I just wanted to say this for for everybody listening. Remember, costs have gone up due to inflation. So what was meant to be a $981 million project is now a With no blueprint. Well, that's his fault for not finishing it. Okay, let me tell you something about construction. You're supposed to lock those costs in. Yeah. Done. Where's the steel? Dan. But but inflation's at a 40-year high when diesel is up. I know, but when you broke ground in 2017, you're supposed to lock in the fucking contract. Let me ask this question. And also, we have the pandemic that happened as well also. So, I mean, we were there. We did? Let me ask you this, because this may seem kind of pie in the sky, but you've got... At least something's in the sky. <laughs> You've got thousands of Detroiters that were overtaxed to the tune of six hundred million dollars, right. and uh, Mike Duggan came out and said, "Too bad we don't have any money." Is there anything underway to maybe give them some relief, some incentive to stay, and and as a, as a compensation for that overtaxation to keep them as residents and to prevent them from either leaving or become renters, or is that conversation moved? No. Well, listen. Remember, we're supposed we're we're projected to receive seventy one million dollars over ten years, uh, four hundred fifty dollars over thirty. If you look at all the projects in the aggregate, so the Monroe, pro- the the Hudson uh, project, the publicly Monroe, funded, uh, the uh, campus marshes, publicly block, funded, as well, the Brook Tower, publicly and funded. Building, overall, that mm-hmm. in thirty years, that in a bankruptcy, seventy three million dollars. So there are ways which you can do. Now, remember, he's already giving. Five hundred million dollars 
to um, with that being handled by Wayne Metro. He's, he's selling off um, let's, uh, stock let's right now. Let's see it. Let's see it. Councilman Young, what do you say to cynics that say, oh, well, The Rock Holdings... Oh, he's still... Yeah, he's still I well, no, but uh, there's... Make it, make it clean, then. Okay. What do you say to the people that say, well, Gilbert has donated to five of these councilmen, and they will just uh, rubber stamp any kind of thing he wants because the vote has been delayed, I think, three times now? Is Wait. What I was in the middle of answering the first question, I didn't hear. You no, know, because you know, no, we cut you off because you're like you're going over to this 500 million thing, which we could well, do. I was you, explaining. You, I was trying to answer the question. You're doing said, PR no, for the man. We didn't ask about this 500 million dollars. Exactly. Nobody can track. Question and answer show. Not charity not should be charity. No strings attached. Now, we, my is point. This a discussion. So I'm this trying to explain. I'm trying to explain. This is a unique. Well, you didn't let me explain. This is I a unique explain. structure. He gets to capture the property tax, the sales tax, the income, income tax, tax, the steel tax. There will be nothing left in the city bank to police the place. So what's up for the regular person? I'm going to show you a little something. We, Red and I, decided to go where the billionaire needs sixty million in change. What happens when a guy with no change is dying on the sidewalk? Is there anybody there to help him? Let's roll the tape. Well, Dan's coming to the people. He needs another sixty million dollar handout. But the thing is, is anybody around Dan's project willing to reach down and give a hand down to our people in need? So we asked comedian Detroit Red, play dead, see if anybody's gonna help him. You make good looking bum, Red. Okay, let's do me a favor. Walk across the street there and lean on that light pole. Go, go over there and be homeless. Go ahead and lay down on the ground there, bro. Go lay down there. Need a helping hand, good man. Anybody gonna help out Red here? Hot sun. We're doing candy. Man candy. all fucked up. In the car. Anybody? Fire in his ear. Okay, here come a couple people with those. Downtown, I work for Dan Gilbert. Uh, thing, things hanging around their neck. Oh, nobody, nobody care about Red. <laughs> All right, Red, look. Uh, here comes a nice couple of nice dressed chicks. Why don't you moan a little bit? <laughs> they're, they're about five feet from you. Okay, start moaning, Red. <laughs> nah, they went around. Okay, here comes a the guy. There you go. Go ahead, a little louder, Red. <laughs> nah, I don't give a fuck. Oh, here comes some police, dude. Let's see if you can get help with the police. Now they got some place to be. <laughs> the Go ahead, a little loud, real loud now. <laughs> the guy in the scooter took the double look at you and took off. <laughs> it don't look like no 7,500 people working on that thing. Man, this whole corner, he needs $60 million handout, but nobody can reach down and give the fellow man a hand. Put your hand out, Red. Put your hand out. <laughs> Put your hand out like somebody give you a dollar, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> Did that chick just take a picture of him? <laughs> oh man. 
Oh. How cold is the heart become, Byron? Oh, oh my lord. Oh. <laughs> okay, red. Oh. Red. I want you to like when I tell you, I want you to roll over. <laughs> Watch this, Karen. Okay, go ahead, roll over now. I'll, on your back, do it qu quickly. Karen, watch. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm trying to help get this 60 million for Dan Gilbert's new skyscraper. Do you got 60 million? No, no, no. 60 million? Do you like police? Do I like police? Uh, I, I, I don't know if they like me. No, they're not going to like you on the ground and they're going to come talk to you. And I don't want uh, them to come talk to you. Uh, maybe they got the 60 mil for Dan Gilbert. Where are you going? Where am I going? Right back there until oh, I get my 60 mil. Oh, you're not. Uh, Who's she? I'm going to annoy you. Well, well maybe, maybe we get them annoying. to give us 60 mil. So now I'm pointing at Red, trying to get some attention. Trying to wave some people to help this dying man. help him. <laughs> Kick him a couple times, nobody gives a shit. Dude, I kicked you, nobody cared. Get up. Nobody gives a fuck about you. <laughs> I kicking you, nobody gave a fuck. Oh, fuck, that was great. Coleman's still there? Yeah, he's there. How do you know? I can't see him. I can see yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> I know things you don't know, Charlie. I see you. Karen got that six cents. Yeah. Well, what do you make of that, Councilman? I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's why it's important for us to create these 7,500 jobs and put people to work. That's why I think it's important. That's what I make of that. Okay, he stands by that. Now, I got breaking news for you, sir. <laughs> other, other business. <laughs> It's the demolition again. We told you a few weeks ago that the feds demanded that the city test 200 sites to begin with this investigation. So those test results are in. Are you aware of them, Councilman? No. Okay. Of these 200, they took a sample of 16. Okay. Random sample. All of them were in breach of contract for not fully meeting quality standards. So 100% of these hole that we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, 100% are shit. Now, seven of the 16, nearly 50%, 50% have levels of shit in them that are above environmental standards. The city is now informing neighborhood residents near these identified lots to avoid direct contact. That means the children who live next to this are told not to play in poison lots. That's the first step. That's one contractor. Do we have your word, sir, that you will get to the bottom of this and start busting balls on this administration? Because if there are 23,000 holes and so far 100% are shit, we got a flint on our hands. Uh, I just want to say part of the uh, brownfield credits is to remediate environmental cleanup. That's so, excellent. I mean, that's we're, 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 yeah, that's nice. Uh, we're we're so on, we're on the, this disaster. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Man, this disaster. I'm, I'm just saying. You got to okay. set yourself up on that one. I, I have one other thing before we huh? let him go. 
Speaking of tax credits, uh, my understanding is that there's another request before you uh, for a tax credit for a carriage house that is behind Bass Blue. Uh, that is, you know, saying that the property is 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 not being used and it's not usable, and in actuality, it's fully functional. Any indication on where council is going to go on providing a tax abatement for that? You know, I haven't you know, I haven't seen that yet. I sit on the neighborhood community standing sir community standing in the neighborhood community standing services committee. I haven't heard anything about that, but I definitely like to sit down and talk to you about it. You mean it's a it's a carriage house where a bunch of rich ladies have tea and cake. Well, and they, yeah, they want a million the, bucks. That's the that's the Bass Blue uh, property. And all yeah. right, all right, Karen, do, come on now, so, Karen. We're so Karen. It, it, what, yes. We're going down. I just twenty three thousand fucking holes are, could be poisoned. Well, and, nobody, nobody want, and then Coleman's talking about brownfield tax bullshit and carriage houses. Babies, roll the tape. I wanted to do that before you got to that, Charlie. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. Roll it again. Roll it again. Roll it again. This is our babies. This is the future. This is Flint. What the fuck? You filmed that. Seven years ago. Six. Six years. Okay, six years I ago. I told you, Mike. I, what I get from you, lawsuits? Now it's here. It takes that long to figure that out. Rest well tonight, dude, because... Yeah, think, think about I'm going to go find them again, Mike, and see how they're doing now. Yeah. Don't play in the fields, kid. Wow. What the fuck? That's why we need the money, Mr. Councilman. 60 million going a long way for these kids. Mm-hmm. Billionaire got his own money. He well, didn't show I, no I, blueprints, no blueprints, no financial well, statements. Well, there was blueprints. That, that's not true. Uh, no, BC, I, you said you didn't see BC, them. BC, I said I, haven't, I said I hadn't seen them. I didn't say they weren't. Freedom of Information <laughs> Act, I haven't gotten them. That's, 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 and by, that's, the, that's, by the way, they, they keep changing it. So how yeah, do we... Uh, look, let's look, see look, it. Look, no, I'm, I'm I'm staying consistent here. I I could I, I could work with you on that. You're kind of asking me two different things at the same time. Okay. Um. But what but what I but I but what I do want to say is, as far as one, I, I just want to reemphasize this. I think it's very important that we understand that we are talking about seventy-five thousand, Detroiters who are working who are making an average of $65,000 a year. Mm. And that's important because in Detroit, if you make more than $50,000 a year, the mm. housing burden that you have where people spend more than 30% of their income on housing mm. basically goes away. Your so job, you your job is not to create jobs. That's the private industry. Your job is to look out for the public bank. Well, and it sounds to me true. like because you don't have enough information that's to that's even be saying this. I'm, I'm sorry, point true. blank. That's, that's not true. The Send me the documents. It doesn't create as much jobs as the private sector. Oh, by the way, those jobs over there on the east side at the Mac Assembly? They never these ma- jobs are, by the way. They never materialized. So we got not one job out of that $450 million. Not one extra job. Enough? Out of what? Not one extra job down on Jefferson at the Mac, you know, on the, the Mac Assembly plant there. The Stellantis. There was 5,000 jobs there before. There's 5,000 jobs now. They promised us 10,000. We're not going to break even. 
The people are paying the wealthy. You want to build a skyscraper, build it. In Chicago, they built one. 70 floors tall. The land costs 110. No public subsidies. Done in two years. What's the excuse let's, here? I don't buy it. Let, let's, let's stay on focus here. Let's keep like the main it's thing. Super main focused. thing you asked me about. Hudson Project. Yep. That's what we're going to talk I'm about. I'm just giving you some comparatives, sir. Information is power. Let, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. It better be good. It better be good. Let's assume what I'm saying is true. Let's just assume. What? No, no, you that's know, not how you do government. Let's assume what I'm saying is true. Oh, okay. What I'm game. is the alternative for those 7,500 union jobs? Oh, here we go. I got it. I got your answer. I got your answer. I got it. I got your answer. You ready for the answer? If I already spend a billion dollars, I think I'm probably going to spend another 60, get my shit back instead of leaving a half-built skyscraper, which says to me, we're going to still have the jobs. That doesn't make any sense at oh. all. Okay, everybody, if you're on social wait, media, wait, does, wait, if wait, that made sense, go ahead and type that in. Share, share, share. Oh, I, I appreciate you. I love you, brother. Oh, you know I love you, man. It has nothing to do with what I say. So let's just move on. Okay. Thank you very much. Great really? to have you. No, no we're you can hang out. We're going to have uh, coming up next, Chief James Craig, now running as a writing candidate for governor. Are you there, sir? I am here, Charlie. Thanks How did, for having me on the show. Oh, oh, for sure. Thanks for being You're a mensch, man. You're a mensch. <laughs> you get, so what would you think so far of our discussion of public affairs, Mr. Governor Wannabe? Well... Very interesting. Um, I, I got to tell you, uh, one of the things that drew me into this morass of <laughs> politics is, you know, political servants versus public servants. I think a lot of politicians forget they work for the people. And one thing I've known, I mean, 44 years in law enforcement, public servant. You're it doesn't matter what my political affiliation is. That's why I find it so interesting when I did come out and say I was a Republican running for governor. You came out? All of a sudden, the uh, NAACP uh, chair president said, oh, he hid that from us. <laughs> but when, when I last looked, and I've been a chief in three cities, in not one interview did the appointing authority ever ask me, what's your party affiliation? And every city I worked in was a Democrat-run city. Let me stop you right there. What difference would that should that have made based on your qualifications and it, your commitment and, and your, your performance? I agree. Right? I, I, I wanna, and, I wanna, and let's not forget this administration started out with a Republican back in Lamont. So, wait, wait, I mean, wait, wait. Let's, not, let's not get this convoluted. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. You, are, uh, sir, make some news. Are you, in fact, a Republican? Oh, I came out with it right when I made the announcement. <laughs> yes, I'm a Republican. Oh, oh, you yeah. came out as a Republican. I'm it, saying it was Pride Month. I, I wasn't sure. Let me, let me back up. I was a Republican long before I announced running for governor. And, and I talk about the transition. I get it. I talk, I get you said it. what? I, I get it. But now after after you got to look at this, this Republican thing here, really, I, you see how messed up this Republican Party is in this state? Politics are messed up. I'm just going to be candid with you. Our state's divided. Our country's divided. Now, I will tell you who I love and support, the voters. You know, a lot of the That's issues that face our state, a lot of the issues that face our state 
are nonpartisan. When you talk about inflation, nonpartisan. When you talk about rising gas, nonpartisan. When you talk about a governor who fails to not disclose the $8.3 billion fiasco regarding unemployment insurance. Hey, guys. That's called accountability. Yes, Coleman. It's called being transparent. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. This is my segment, Coleman. <laughs> no, 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 I just want to say I got to go. Oh, okay. I got to go. No. I love you guys. I just want to say I love okay. you guys. I appreciate oh, okay. you guys. I just want to say want, Thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you. That's Thank all you. I'm saying. I, I, I got to go. I appreciate it. Go, go, go ahead, uh, Chief. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. Well, the Chief can say what he likes, but at least you got elected you, and got the signatures. Chief, Chief, well, that is true. How, how bad, was, how bad was, the, was your campaign? Like the, the Republican Party gave you the original infrastructure. How bad were they? They failed you. You were by far and away the front runner. I was a front runner substantially, consistently, not some of the time. And even when compared to the incumbent governor, some said I was at a dead heat. Some said I was a little bit behind. Some says I was that she was ahead at times by, by a few points. But here's what was exciting. When I did a couple of the polls, uh, independence showed me 17% ahead of Whitmer. One did. Another said 8%. So I saw that as a lot of opportunity. The direction of the campaign uh, early on, someone who has never been a politician, I mean, there's some things I would do. If I had to do it all over again, there would be some things I would do very differently. That's You would have listened to Karen and me. I probably would have listened to you. Yeah, that's uh, true. But you know, that's what I would have done. since I'm a person who's never been a politician, you hire so-called professionals that understand how the machine works. And how'd that work out? How'd that work out? I mean, it didn't work out. It didn't work out very well. I mean, I have example after example. Jeez, man. This is not me throwing anybody under the bus right now. Just throw one person under the bus. Just one. No, I'm not going to do it. You know well, why? the bus because, is here. I mean, one. Yeah, the bus is here. <laughs> but but let, let, me, let me just say this. So as you know, uh, we found a lawsuit against two of the petition companies. The one company that had the dirty... Uh, criminals that were forging. So I'm hoping we can peel back and get to the bottom. But I want to read a brief statement from my attorneys because oh, please, this is mind free. blowing to me. Excellent. Mind blowing. These aren't wait. These aren't the attorneys that called you Chief Clark. No. Okay. You got to get rid of them too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know they, that, that that was troubling. Yeah. So they say in part most serious and far reaching petition signature fraud to have ever been perpetrated against a major candidate and voters. Emphasis on voters. This fraud wasn't just about what was perpetrated against me. It's about what happened to our voters. And you're right. I should have known that one, as a front runner consistently, I had a big target on my back. I was so close to the governor, I had a big target on my back. But what I found amazing, Charlie, and we talked offline about this, is that when their first attack, it came from a super PAC of one of my Republican competitors for uh, the gubernatorial race. Tudor Dixon. Right. Yeah. First attack came from there. And so, but the soul, I was the only person. Of course, I was again, she was polling two and three percent. And I was in the 32 to 34 percent. So I get it. I got I'm a, I'm a target. And then the next day, of course, as you know, uh, Democrats uh, filed their complaint naming me, P. 
Perry, and Tudor. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack. And I tell you, Charlie, I'm going to get to the bottom of it because there's a lot. I don't know. I can sit here and speculate. This was planned, no doubt about it, because I became a threat. And you said something early on, and I, I don't disagree with you. And I'm going to talk about the voters. The voters, Republicans, Democrats I've run into, independents, great people. The people that invested in me as a candidate, great people. I don't like the mechanics of the party. Boom. Wow. Wait, write that down. That's news. James I Craig don't does like not the like mechanics it. of the party. And, 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 and neither do neither, neither does have to, neither does the party actually. But it's divided. It's no secret. It's been, it's been yeah. uh, many articles written about the division and, and it's, it's too bad because here's what's a little bit of common sense, especially coming from someone who's never been a politician. Why not get behind a candidate who can potentially unseat this governor. Look, as it stands, it's very difficult to unseat an incumbent. It's also very difficult when the incumbent has a big purse. Big, big purse. What? What'd you say? A big purse, meaning lots of money. Oh. Lots of money. Lots of money <laughs> like, to, be to careful, money. sir. No, no. When I say a big purse, I'm talking about money. I got it. Let me be yep, clear. Yep, yep, yep. I'm talking about money. And, and, and I guess one of the Eye-openers for me is, and I've heard it many times, money is the oil that keeps the engine running of a candidacy. It just does. And you don't have and, any. And when you got two self-funded candidates mm, in it, yep. and the rest of us were not self-funded, you know, the other part- Is, anybody, is, is anybody sending you money for your writing campaign? You know, it's not like it was, Charlie. In yeah. fact, uh, if we're getting anything, and I'm being candid, yeah. if we're getting anything, we're getting some small donors um, online, and I appreciate that. But, you know, and I'm also appreciative that, you know, we just launched a few of our signs up strategically around Metro Detroit. Hmm. But to be candid, uh, and people have told me this, a write-in candidacy takes lots and lots of money. Yes, sir, it I'm not, does. I'm not, it's, I, it's not I'm happening. Not. It's not happening. You know no. it. Well, well, let me just say it's this. It's such a tall um, road to, tall road. Why didn't it's a you? Tall, it's, a, it's a tall road, but here's what I believe. I don't know what the final outcome will be. I'm at a disadvantage right now, of course. Um, the thing that helped me tremendously throughout the campaign up until getting taken off the ballot was name recognition. That's no secret. Even the self-funded candidates, the Rinkies and Johnson. Who? They were, uh, uh, Kevin Rinky and Perry uh, Johnson. Who? Seven million dollars for nothing, motherfucker. Jesus. Jeez. Right. And how much did he move the needle? Well, you earned it. You know, a long career in public service. You earned it. I'll say that. You know, and I give you a lot of credit here because I bust your balls, man. Bus, 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 bus. But you know what, Charlie? Let me let me say this, and I've said this before because I mean I consider the chief a friend. I have respect for him, who he is, and what he's um done. But it takes a lot. This is what public service is supposed to be about. You have you know poked at the chief over time, Charlie. You've brought out some information that deserved answers. And the chief has never run from bringing you those answers. And now he's sitting here. This is what it's supposed to be about. 
Charlie has invited Dana Nessel. Charlie has invited the governor. Charlie has invited the mayor and other elected officials. As an elected official, you don't have the right to say no when there's someone trying to hold you accountable. So again, my level of respect for you, Chief, has elevated. I appreciate you being here. I'm sure you saw the spoof that was done last week with your permission and out of love. But it takes a lot to, to come here not knowing you know, what Charlie has in his arsenal, what questions are going to be thrown before you, and put forth the best effort to answer those. That's what the public deserves. They do deserve it, Karen. And I appreciate uh, your comments. I really do. Uh, the, the public deserves it. And this is why I'm so appalled when our governor avoids the tough questions. Uh, she hides behind the hush money she gave the, the director that, you know, conveniently resigned. He got $80,000 or whatever he got. $155,506.05. Okay, you got better information than I do. That's why nobody <laughs> wants to go because Charlie knows. The problem. And a state funded lawyer. I have with that, does the public deserve to know why? Yes. It was so flawed. I yeah. mean, look, stuff will happen. It just does. And, and when it does happen, all the community wants to know from you is one thing. What are you doing about it? And what assurances are you going to make that we don't have a reoccurrence? Boom. That's just It's just that simple. And, and that's what transparency really looks like. And so, but I also learned a big lesson through this process. You want to run for office, especially a big office. You better come with some some deep pockets, big perks. You got to. And we'll leave it at that. You started this interview, Chief. You said people get confused about, you know, public office and public service. Part of public service is is being made or making yourself available to the people that elected you and to the people that you serve. Maybe you don't have the answer that they want to hear, but they deserve an answer and accessibility. Ability and to run from that, you don't have a right to say no comment. You don't have a right to pick and choose who you talk Absolutely. to in the media because they're playing softball with you. That's that's not how this is done. That's not but how I'm we're going to do it. Hey, Chief. Yes, I'm here. Can we play the spoof and watch you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And, uh, go ahead. Yesterday's newspapers. Let me tell you something. I'm a cop, and I'm not going to stand for this. This is crap. <laughs> And I'm a cop. And? That's it. I'm a cop. <laughs> okay. You call yourself as a quality guru, but He's you smiling. spent $7 million of your own money, which amounts to about $333 for every phony signature. What does that say about your executive acumen? Well, the fact of the matter is, as a practical matter, this is all scratch and sniff electoral fraud. The chief's correct when he says it's bullcrap. I mean, well, I know we turned in thousands of phony signatures. I know that. You know that. We all know that. But which ones are phony? I don't know that. You don't know that. Nobody knows that. And that's why we should be on the ballot. Now, I, I brought some examples of these so-called foreign signatures. Smell that, real. It's okay. It's okay, sir. You can sit down. I'm good. You can sit down. It's okay. I want to throw this to Charlie Langton. Charlie, you're a lawyer. What do you make of all this? You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Just let me say this. I I, I know. You're a cop. Don't interrupt me. I want to make an exclusive 
announcement right here on Lady Rip. I'm launching my write-in campaign because I'm the best candidate to unseat <laughs> Governor Gretchen Richmer. <laughs> but also, I'd like to announce my running mate right here. Johnny Walker Blue. I know Johnny. I like Johnny. And I trust Johnny. He's with me everywhere I go. And, and, and let me tell you this. Blue labels matter, Ruth. And I'm a cop. You heard it here, folks. Right here on Let It Rip, Blue Label Matters. Can I get some money? <laughs> that really wasn't bad, was it, sir? It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's the deal. Like, you see Saturday Night Live, right? You, you made it when you're getting spoofed, and I don't know why people aren't doing more spoof. Well, we live in a, in, a, in a very different time right now, Charlie. And even when I made the comment about purse, big purse, you know, people, some people might have taken that as I was being. Oh, no, that was me. That was me being an asshole. No, yeah, dude, right. totally. No, 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 no nobody no. took and that. And so but, but what I'm saying is this is the environment. We can't have candid conversation. Uh, and I did mean what I said. The fact is, yeah, I would like to get to the bottom of this. I'm optimistic, and I hope that uh, Attorney General does a uh, a thorough job on this investigation. Fat chance. And 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 if she does, maybe we can find out what really happened. There is more to it. I, I just know. I mean, I say it again. I've been a cop. <laughs> 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 so you know when when the shit's not smelling right. Oh, it's definitely uh, not smelling right, and I think. The people that have approached me, um, they all said, you got robbed. What happened was wrong. Uh, people are smart. And, and the fact is, when you're a front runner, I mean, I expected an attack and attacks. Uh, but this one, no, I didn't. And, you know, I know something. I don't know if it was you, Charlie, or someone said, you know, well, even when you talk about Perry, you talk about me, we hire these professional campaign folks to do the work, do it ethically, make sure that there's accountability. And it went wrong. And where was the real accountability? I mean, Gretchen Whitmer got, what, uh, 30,000 signatures. Nobody challenged those. Nobody did. Why? And, and I got to believe, and see, the other part of this is this so uh, troubling. So you arbitrarily take away roughly half of my signatures because even admission on the part of Detroit board of uh, uh, elections, the staff, they said, Hey, if one page had a bad signature, we invalidated the whole page. We've never done it that way. So they made up their rules as they went along and then said, well, technically what we're supposed to do is to validate every signature. They didn't do that. That's true. So but there's, there, there is a silver lining. You were the front runner. You can always tell your grandchildren about, you don't have any grandchildren, but you can tell my grandchildren right. that you were the front runner and you never had to do the stinking job. Who really wants that stinking job? These are impossible jobs. They really are. So, well, you know, these jobs are tough and you got to have a certain wiring. You know, being a chief of police in a city like Detroit you're is a cop. tough. Yep. Uh, I mean, 
But that doesn't mean you don't do the job. Do I think that the governor's job is not a tough job? Absolutely. With everything that's going on. But there are some things that can change. And I believe that. But, but you know that. what, Chief, when when you um, publicly indicated that you were a Republican while you were still holding the office of chief, then you started getting a Democratic alignment to go against whatever it is that you were going to do. Let me say it that way. Those ducks start lining up then to undermine whatever it is that you were going to do. Oh, absolutely. Because, well, surprise. Yeah, I, was, I, was friend, politics. I was a friend to too to many up until that point. And, and Quise has kept, Karen, I, I will offer this. Um, you know, there are a number of folks and some, by the way, who are Democrats who are sitting in, in, in elected seats. They're Democrats who have privately come to me and said, look, I can't wave a wag, uh, flag of support for you. But what I can do is just not support the governor. So there are a number of people, and they didn't have to come up and say that to me. Uh, I believe it. And and so uh, people just want someone who's going to do the job for the people. And they're sick and tired of politics as usual. It's dirty. It's a blood sport. You know, people told me that at the beginning. I didn't know what they meant when they said blood sport. It's a dirty game. And it doesn't have to be dirty. And the reason why it doesn't have to be dirty, hey, let's put it all on the line. And, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I think, and I, and I get the whole notion that people with money, self-funded candidates can get in the race. But part of assessing a candidate's ability, you know, to get good, you know, polling results consistently. The other thing that doesn't get often talked about, I was certainly leading fundraising among those candidates who were not self-funded. No, I couldn't compete oh. with a Perry. I couldn't compete with a a uh, Rinky. That, that wasn't the issue. The issue was, what was it about me as a candidate that resonated with folks and they wanted to see me succeed? I'll tell you what, there was tens of thousands of fake people that really lined up. I'm clowning with you. Listen, Thanks for your public service. Give us the Thank website where people can donate, please. It's uh, chiefjamescraig.com, chiefjamescraig.com. And also, um, for the write-in candidacy, uh, as I indicated, we started putting up billboards. So um, you got to spell my name co- correctly. And I told you this offline last week, Charlie, when you first invited me to come on. I was uh, talking to a bunch of reporters, and I said, they got to spell my name correctly. They got to put James Craig, C-R-A-I-G. I said, I don't think they're going to be able to get away with just putting Chief or Chief JC or just Craig or Black Man. Because I am the only Black Man in this race. Black man. Or Hollywood. You can't put that oh, 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 right. Hollywood down there. Is that spelled with think, a capital B, sir? So yes. I don't think I'm going to get any credit Um for those different iterations of what describes me, but... Well, that's the music playing, so you get credit for coming on this program and having some balls. You get credit for your long career in public service, and I'm going to find my way over to Sinbad's, and I'm buying the first round. (laughs) All right, my friend. Thank you, brother. Take care. Thanks for having me on the show again. All right. Thanks, Chief. You're welcome. Bye now. Have a terrific holiday. You Have a good one. Okay. Love you, Karen. Love you back, Charlie. Bye. Bye now.